Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence. And Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, welcome into another episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. It's Wells Adams in a studio and Tyler Florence in an embassy suites in Florida. So neither of us are actually in the kitchen right now. That's right. Well, I, we're in the kitchen in your mind, which yeah. is, you know, which, where it all starts anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'm on the road with the great food truck race, season 17. Uh, we're turning the corner on the panhandle of Florida. So we started the season in Houston. And this whole season is going to go around the Gulf of Mexico. So uh, we're going to be at the South Beach Food and Wine Festival next week for the finale, which is wild. Cool. We've never done this before. So we're, I'm going to give away $50,000 to the winner in front of a crazy streaming crowd of Food Network fans. And I am here for it. It's going to be fun. Wow. That's amazing, dude. Well, today's Leap Day, um, which do you know anyone that's born on Leap Day? I don't know if I know a lot about it. So I, I had to look this up and I, I watched this really fascinating YouTube video on why leap year is a thing every four years, right? So it takes 365 days for the earth to go around the sun, but it actually takes 365.25 days yeah. to go around the sun. So every four years, they have to add a day to the calendar so all the clocks sync up. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. No, I... <laughs> no, I know why, why we have leap year. I didn't know that. I swear to God, I didn't know that. I mean, I'm a grown man. I've never like, I'm like, I just accept it. You know, I think it's 364.25. Okay. Okay. That, that's it. You probably, listen, I, I watched a YouTube video on this. So who knows if it's accurate or not. So if you're born on leap day, you really only have a birthday every four years, which is great. You, you stay forever young. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you don't know anyone that's born on, on leap day? I do not. I don't know anybody born that. Did you? I don't. I don't think I, I do. But I, we did did some research. Leap Day is often associated with marriage proposals and flipping gender roles, which is interesting. And in uh, Greek tradition, however, it's considered bad luck to marry on Leap Day. And statistics suggest that Greek couples continue to take this superstition very seriously. So the Greeks are very, very concerned about Leap Day. I know this is a very ancient thing, right? So it's somewhere between the, the Greeks and the Egyptians that started this, right? It's been around yeah. for a long time. 
I guess Julius Caesar uh, introduced Leap Day. I'm just, I'm just so confused as how they figured it out. Yeah, exactly. You know? It seemed it seemed like with sort of primitive math, and you know, well, probably pr- fairly advanced math for what it was. Um, but uh, the idea of, of counting the days, I guess, based on you know, starting with some point in time, I guess, like the the longest day of the year and the shortest day of the year, like how you recorded that. You know, it, it just seems, it seems how you could figure that out. That's kind of wild. Maybe it's where, like where the sun is in the sky when it gets back to that exact point. That's how you know a year has gone by. I don't know. I don't even know how Julius Caesar did it without YouTube. <laughs> you know? This is the greatest thing about podcasts. So there's a bunch of bro science. Like I, yeah. I, I heard the story and I watched this YouTube video. This guy said this thing about a thing. So it must be true. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But but, uh, but l- listen, it's spring is coming, which is fantastic. I mean, my my birthday is uh, the the third of March, which is like just the dead of winter. And so that's kind of coming up in a couple of weeks. But um, um, I, I'm so excited for spring. It's a fabulous time to cook. Um, you know, some of the ingredients start to pop up or just those real super special short season things like moral mushrooms and ramps and, you know, and sort of like uh, green strawberries which are really kind of interesting and beautiful fresh floral notes and and so spring's a very very special time to cook and and that's what i get excited about do you go to like the farmer's market like constantly to to get new ingredients for your restaurants i do i i've been doing this a long time especially yeah. and you know i've been in northern california for got five, 16 years now 17 years and and so the we have a great relationship with the people who we just you know done our research on and and produce the best stuff mm-hmm. and then they deliver to our restaurant which is okay. great. so I, I do i do pop by with a cup of coffee at, at the uh ferry terminal um farmers market in san francisco but the one in marin county in san rafael uh, is really special that one's really big so it's super it's close to all the farmers up in petaluma and Sonoma and up in Napa, they're just growing just spectacular stuff. So that's always like a real special thing. And and one of the most important light bulb moments for me as a chef going to California, where you get a chance to taste that California produce miraculous special thing, where where you know, coming from restaurants in New York City before I moved to California. Um, you know, restaurants in New York or restaurants in New York with some of the world's greatest. And you go out to California and then you kind of don't get it until you do. Um, but the food in Northern California, I think is the best food in the country. I think from a produce farming standpoint, there are long growing seasons, um, are, you know, uh, sort of kind of ancient dry aging techniques with some of our, um, you know, stone fruit producers that are kind of coming up a little bit later in the season. I mean, you, if, you, if you've ever had a frog hollow peach, or a frog hollow plum or anything like that. Like this just, it's just some of the best food in the world. The figs, the tomatoes, um, they're just amazing. So it's, you know, like as soon as the weather starts to warm up a little bit, like that's what I get really excited about is sort of kind of going from, you know, polenta and, you know, porcini braised short ribs into, you know, super fresh flavor profiles and avocados are going to start coming down the pipe pretty soon. And, and that just makes me really hungry. Very excited. I think one of the best hacks for any cook is to go to the farmer's market and, and buy what's there. Cause that means it's, it's fresh right now. It's in season right now. And then kind of curate your menu from what's really, really fresh right now. Like I go to the studio city farmer's market all the time and I absolutely love it. Speaking of hacks, um, we have the queen of hacks on the show today. Nicole Jacks joins us on the show. She has a growing social media presence as she goes viral for her hacks and tips and tricks and on cleaning and cooking and holiday creations and so much more. In addition, she's uh, t- teaching us how to live a non-toxic lifestyle, which 
you know, I think we all need some of that. Her tagline is making you the CEO of your home, which I absolutely love. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nicole Jacks will be on the show giving us all the hacks that we need for our daily lives. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. It's now Two Dudes and a Lady. Nicole Jacks joins us on the show. Um, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great and excited to be here. This episode's coming out on Leap Day. We were talking before uh, we brought you on. Do you know anyone who was born on Leap Day? I don't. Do you? I don't. I I don't know if they exist. And if they do, <laughs> they're, they're far too young for me to be talking to because they are one right. our age. Yeah, that's fair. Nicole, I was looking at your social media today. You have a huge following and you are just giving the world all the hacks, the tricks, the tips, the DIY stuff. How did this all start? Uh, So it was a passion project. I went on a beach trip with some girlfriends and they were like, you should really be showing people these tips. I would cook. You know, when we go away for girls trips, they were like, can you cook? And I was like, sure. I'll do all the cooking. You guys go get all the groceries. And I was like smashing the head of lettuce to core it. And I was cleaning the cast iron with a potato and salt. And they were like, where did you learn that? And I just thought it was normal. Um, I just thought that's what everyone did in their kitchen. And I was raised by a Southern cook, a Southern grandma, and a dinner party enthusiast mom, like the OG Pinterest mom before Pinterest existed. And I think I've just become a blend of my mom and my grandma. And now I'm just sharing it 
on Instagram and TikTok. Are you getting DIY tips sent to you now? And then you're like trying them out and then getting to kind of pass them off as your own? Because I imagine eventually you run out of tips, right? Well, kind of. I think what's happened in the social media world is kitchen hacks became trendy. It was like, who knew the hack? And so if you were the first one to post it, it was like, that's cool. And then a million other people post it. Now I get a lot of, can you debunk this? Oh, okay. on my stories there's a lot of like does this really work and i go on my stories and say nope this doesn't work or yes it does um but most of them don't work unfortunately let's go through some of your your famous ones um and everyone needs to go follow you on social media because you're going to do a much better job at describing it on on your channel than i'm going to do kind of describing it right now but let's just do this let me i'll say the kind of title of it and then you can kind of talk us through it how about that sure let's do it Ice cube dishwasher dishwasher trick. What is that? So you're going to take your oven racks that are dirty out of the uh-huh. oven and you're going to put them in your dishwasher. You can wash them in your dishwasher. Not every dishwasher has a steam function. So you put the cubes in there to create the steam when they're washing and it will just take off all of the grime. He is a great cleaner, especially with dirt and grime. And we have a built-in dishwasher that will literally clean your oven racks so that's like one of my go-tos. You can also, my grandma used to put her oven racks in her grass overnight in the yard um, in the springtime when it's really dewy. And when she would pick them up out of the grass, all of the dirt and grime and grease would just fall off her oven rack. Oh, that's it. I did not know that that would work. Yeah. I posted it like a year ago. I should probably redo it come yeah. spring because it's one of those that you're like, this can't work. And then thousands of people are DMing me like, the grass cleaned my, uh, <laughs> like my oven racks. And I was like, well, actually the dew and the overnight temperatures do it, but it really works. Okay. Let's talk about boil over preventer. I always just heard you put a spoon on top of it. So you can, and that will break some of the surface tension, but it's not like tried and true. So if you really just don't want to have to deal with watching your temperature on your pot or pan, which is what most people don't do. They don't want to control it and turn it down. Just rub olive oil or any kind of oil on the very rim of your pot and it will break the surface tension when it starts to boil up and keep the boil at bay. Tyler, have you heard of that before? Uh, I have, which is great. And the spoon thing works for sure. You know, uh, a wooden spoon on top of a, a boiling pot, you have to be really careful that um, the the flame that licks around the side of the pot doesn't melt the handle of the spoon or catch it on fire or something mm-hmm. like that because like that's happened before too. Um, but yeah, that absolutely works for sure. Okay, let's get into dental floss. How the hell can I use dental floss in my food? Well, I usually use it just to cut like cinnamon rolls because it's just easy and it's accessible. Yeah. Uh, but because it has that nonstick surface and then you have it, your tension in your hands, it can, you know, be, you can cut it through anything that's soft. Cheese, cake, you know, mm. anything that's kind of tricky. Um, where you, you know, when you're cutting like, cutting something you don't want to flatten yeah. is usually when I use it. And so it's just an easy go-to if you need to not flatten whatever you're cutting with that. Do you need like unflavored um, floss or can you have like the minty green? <laughs> or the or the cinnamon. Can you use the cinnamon? <laughs> you can use cinnamon with cinnamon rolls. That's actually probably yeah. another tip, Tyler. That's like a good idea. Um, yeah, it can be any kind, really. I mean, unflavored, they're always going to say is better, but it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. Okay, how do I keep my um, my wine cool? So this, I grew up in Sonoma. So this is like a 
like college kid trick that I learned by going around to wineries and in the summer, the heat is hot and they would put frozen grapes in our wine when they would give it to us. And I just thought that was like the funniest thing, but it really does work. So grapes don't change the flavor profile of a wine. They're not going to give it a weird acidic taste. Nothing on them is going to cause a problem with your wine bouquet or profile. So just freeze them in your freezer and then pop them in and they'll keep yourself blanc super cold on a hot day without watering it down. I like that idea too, because my, my wife and my mother-in-law love a, a big ice cube in their wine, especially their rosé. So I'm totally going to try that. I think that's very interesting because obviously you like you, cause they, they like a cold, cold. And obviously that when that uh, ice cube is going to melt, it's going to dilute the flavor of the wine itself. I think the grape thing is cool. Yeah, if you want to get really intricate, you can find gooseberries during a certain time in the summer when they sell them. And it actually adds a little bit of acid to like a Sauv Blanc or even a rosé that gives it a really nice twist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that actually is another one. If you can't find grapes, <laughs> find a gooseberry. <laughs> right. We got plenty of gooseberries. Yeah, it's gooseberries everywhere. <laughs> I love this next one. Growing up, I don't think I knew the importance of pasta water and how to make a good pasta dish. And I saw this hack with saving your pasta water. Explain this one because it's very, very good, especially if you are uh, making a bunch of Italian food. Yeah, so this to me is like the new mom hack. I feel like my brain went out the door once I had my kids and I like would constantly forget to save the pasta water as I was straining the massive amounts of pasta that kids eat, right? And then the sauce wouldn't adhere to the noodle the right way. And I was like, I need that starchy pasta water so bad. And I just kept throwing it down the drain. Mm-hmm. So I called my grandma and she was like, oh, honey, you just need to freeze the pasta water. So that's exactly what I did. I made a pot of water, boiled the pasta. I saved it, put it in these big ice cube trays. You know, you want a good amount of pasta water, a cup, uh, half mm-hmm. a cup, depending on how much pasta. And I just froze it. Then I started freezing it with herbs and olive oil. So then it was infused or with garlics. And I always now have starchy pasta water for that like brain blip moment that you dump it down the drain. And you can mm-hmm. just add it in to your pasta after when you're mixing it with your sauce. And it does the same exact thing as fresh pasta water. Now, an interesting uh, take on that, too, is to create a gluten-free version, because obviously the pasta water has gluten. It's got the diluted flour. Um, but you can do the same thing with either arrowroot or cornstarch diluted in water as well. And that will really tighten up the sauce and kind of give it a nice sort of a thick viscosity, again, to cling on to the pasta. So it feels like you're eating pasta and sauce at the same time. It doesn't drip off. It's nice. I love that. I have a gluten-free, so I'm going to try that one. That sounds great. Look, she's writing that down. There you go. I am. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the next video sponsored by Tyler Flores. There you go. You may get a shout out. <laughs> Please do, yeah. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your hack for peeling potatoes? This one is probably one of my most viral tips. And I, this was one of those I just thought everyone peeled their potatoes this way. And so my friend came over and I put her on potato duty and she was, you know, peeling it with the peeler. And I was like, what are you doing? So I just boil my potatoes. It's easy. It gets it done, especially as I multitask in my kitchen. So you cut, take a knife, take the potato, you know, cut a circle around the center of it, just lightly, just on the skin. You're going to boil the potato and when you get them out, you're going to ice bath them for like 30 seconds and you can pick up the potato and then you just take your fingers and gently pull and the peels come straight off. Mm. Does that work with tomatoes too, Tyler? I feel like I've seen that with tomatoes. Yes. Yeah. So you, you, the, the, that's a, a blanching method um, that we use in restaurants all the time. You, what, If you want to put an X on the bottom of the tomato, a mondaire, which is like a like, nice little cross, and then blanch it in salted water, ice it in salted water, because if, if you if you don't ice and salted water, basically washing off the flavor. And then the skin kind of comes right off. And then you cut off these really beautiful cheeks of the outside of the tomato uh, for a beautiful knife cut uh, for tomato concassine. Yeah, that's not really pretty. It works out. Uh, peaches do the same thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nicole, my wife's favorite drunk food. Well, just any, any type of food, but favorite drunk food. She made them last night, actually, when we came back from dinner, is grilled cheese. What is your grilled cheese hack? So this was what my mom used to do. And I thought, what a weird way to make grilled cheese. Like, don't you just take out your cast iron and make it? Yeah. So I, I did not like this tip for the longest time until I had children of my own. And I was running busy schedules. But you take the toaster and you lay it on its side, right? So we're not talking about like, you know, a door, a toaster, little pops your toast up in the yeah. air. You're going to turn it on the side and you're going to put your grilled cheese in it. It's going to toast the bread and melt the cheese at the same time. Sometimes if you add too much cheese, this one is messy. So you can wrap it actually in like parchment um, or now they actually have little bags because this became a real tip that people love that you can put the grilled cheese in and it'll toast it all and melt the cheese at the same time. And you don't have to dirty a pan, which is a great tip because I hate washing dishes. But here's the thing. If you're making a grilled cheese, you need to have the butter in the pan. To It needs to be soaking it up. And I don't know. I don't know if I like that one. I like It was tough for me, too. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's, can we, we listen. We just did this um, this whole campaign with Heston Cookware, and and th- they wanted uh, some really simple recipes. And I stumbled across this recipe not too long ago, or this technique on how to make a grilled cheese sandwich uh, with my sixteen year old son. Um, and he he just like, Dad, can you make me some lunch? I'm like, you want a grilled cheese sandwich? And then I uh, uh, normally just because I was uh, on a conference call when I was making this, I forgot to put the butter on the outside of the bread. Okay, so now, now I think a grilled cheese sandwich is actually technically complicated, right? Technically, right? So you got the bread. Bread's got to be uh, if you're you know using store bought bag bread, they're all perfectly sliced. If you got a, like a nice batard from the fancy place, expensive bread, you want to cut them nice and consistent. And then I like a little smear of mayonnaise on the inside uh, for that little kind of extra creamy gush. Then then the cheese, right? So you have to. The, so the cheese is a perfect square. Bread is not right. No one has made a perfect slice of cheese that fits a perfect slice of bread so it's either somewhere between and more often than not we have a bag of shredded cheese in the house so that's what i used i used a bag of shredded cheese and i used the mayonnaise as the glue to kind of hold the whole thing together and then i was just busy in a conversation and i forgot to put the butter on the outside of the bread and i dropped it in the pan dry now this is where this gets really kind of interesting so i toasted the bread in the pan as if you're using a toaster, because you don't put butter on toast before you put it in the toaster, you put it on after. Uh, really just like glass-like texture on the outside of the bread, because because butter will burn, right? Like whole butter has milk solids and it'll actually start to burn. And sometimes you get this like crispy, soggy texture on the outside, but not anything that's like glass-like crispy, like you're going to get it out of, out of a, a toaster oven. So... I toasted it dry on one side and then I flipped it over and I toasted it dry on the other. And then I threw in two or three tablespoons of butter and then butter basted it like you're basting a filet mignon. Oh, I love how technical a grilled cheese can be. But but honestly, it, it seems it seems sort of simple because like the, you know, how, how often do we have, you know, the perfect temperature of butter to get the perfect smear on the outside? It's usually cold or, or like chilly room temperature and you're trying to like smear it. So it doesn't even even like gracefully kind of flip from one side to the other, but the brown butter basing on top of the dark, like darker toasted toast anyway, was just spectacular. And I threw in a garlic clove. I threw Ooh. in a couple of sprigs of fresh thyme. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm basing this thing. If you go on, yeah, so we, we, we did, we shot this with William Sonoma. Uh, and, and so this uh, video is on William Sonoma's homepage, but, um, but you just kind of butter base it as if you're basing a filet mignon. And my God, it was just like, okay, I've, I just, this is the best grilled cheese I've ever had in my life. This is kind of amazing. Yeah, I'm going to need to have one. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, the texture of the toast. The texture of the toast was just like, that is just shattery crispy, really, really dry, shattery crispy with that lick of brown butter on top. It was, uh, I, I stumbled into something really interesting. Butter after the toast. I'm a little shook though. You don't use American singles for your grilled cheese? I'm not opposed to that. You know what I mean? Like, l- listen, I I like Mount Tam Triple Cream Brie. To be honest with you, oh, if we're gonna get su- we're gonna get pinkies, super pinkies uh. out fancy, super fancy. That's my favorite cheese on planet Earth is Mount Tam by Cowgirl Creamery. Mount Tam Triple Cream Brie. Boom, done. But we that's the uh, cheese we put on our, our burgers at um, Miller Lux, which the Michelin Guide said is one of the five best burgers in the state of California. By the way, go and brush your shoulders off. But I, I really like. Craft American singles. I think those are delicious. I think it's great. Yeah, I I just feel like 
it's the perfect texture, especially when you cut it diagonally, of course, and you pull it apart. The cheese pull is absolutely amazing. But this new basting technique, I'm going to try. I really like it. Yeah. So, Nicole, one of the things that I noticed from your social media pages, yes, it's a lot of like cooking hacks, but then it's a lot of like cleaning hacks. Like there's one where you like made your own cleaning solvent, which I thought was was amazing, probably really good for the environment, not putting a bunch of like microplastics down the drain. So kind of talk us through some of the cleaning solvents that you make. Yeah. So I started um, lower toxing the house because I have an autoimmune disease and I've got kids. I live on the West Coast. <laughs> and... I found a recipe book from my grandma and she used to make a lot of her own. She cleaned a lot of things with a potato. The potato is a big thing in our family. Clearly we are potato lovers, but she would like clean a mirror with a half cut potato. It actually cuts the steam effect on a mirror. Really? Um, and she like had written these down kind of in like a little diary. And as I was going through my own debacle with low tox in my house, I was like, well, why don't we just try some of these? So some of them are hers and some of them are adaptations of them. But I love baking soda. There are like five things I always have in my house. Vinegar, you know, distilled vinegar, baking soda, citric acid, um, a pumice stone. So like a pumice stone is great for cleaning your oven. That is like my number one tip. Not like the pumice stone you like scrape your feet with. Like an actual cleaning pumice stone, it will get your I have a reel up that shows my friend's oven before and after the window pane, and it is sparkling clean. It is like mm. a bachelor oven, so dirty, and it just made it sparkling clean. Um, and then I love to just add in an essential oil. But if you grab Castile soap, which is eco-friendly and been out there for a long time, and you mix it with baking soda until you get a paste, you can clean almost anything in your house with it. Um, it's low tox. It doesn't have to have a scent and it is an incredible scrubber. So I do like to make a lot of my own potions as my husband calls them. <laughs> do you have a hack for detergents? Because I know that like, that's one of the really bad things that we're dealing with in terms of microplastics. Those little pods are terrible to be flushing down the drain. Do you have one for that? For that? Yeah. So any little pod does have microplastics and a lot of toxins in it, but the other endocrine disruptors and things like that. But if you get out like an ice cube tray, me and my mm -hmm. ice cube trays, and you fill it with baking soda, citric acid, and then congeal it with either water, distilled water, or Castile soap, and you let it set overnight, it'll make a little pod and you can use that usually. Um, the breakdown kind of differs. And sometimes I add in a little bit of like, another solution, a borax base, um, and it'll clean your dishes really well. I also make my own laundry detergent. Um, it's not as complicated as it seems. People are super intimidated by it, kind of like sourdough bread. Not as intimidating as it seems. You just have to commit to the process. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My wife makes um, uh, lemon clinger. So all of our lemons that we cook with, um, once we kind of ream the juice on the outside, um, she'll take all the holes of the lemon put them into a big glass jar that we have and fill it full of vinegar and just let it sit for a while. And that's what we use to clean all the surfaces in the kitchen. That's fantastic because it's a natural citric acid base, right? So it's going to take off all that dirt, all that grime, and it's easy. I actually use my Christmas tree the same way. So if you take off a few stems of your Christmas tree, if it's real in Oregon here, they're always real, but we clip it off and we put it in vinegar and it smells like pine salt, but mm. it's, pine scented distilled vinegar and it smells delicious so you can throw mm -hmm. anything orange rinds you know those little clementines kids love to eat 
take all those rinds, throw them in some vinegar. And in like, you know, four weeks, you'll have really nice scented vinegar. Yeah. My wife has a pantry filled of like potions and then like alcohol concoctions, right? So she'll take like pineapple and tequila and like let it sit for six months. Oh yeah. Um, and and we, we usually uh, will make, um, take bourbon and cranberries and then we'll steep that for six months. And we also have, um, we have a bunch of fruit trees in our backyard. We have uh, apples and pears. So we make like an eau de vie um, with vodka. And, uh, and then the, the, uh, the beautiful thing about that is the oxidation of the apples and the pears kind of gives the eau de vie sort of a bourbony color, which is really kind of nice. And normally that they'll come from wood or toasted wood. Um, but the oxidation of the fruit kind of gives it a nice texture and she'll throw in a cinnamon stick. She'll throw in some clove, she'll throw in, um, um, some cardamom and then we'll have this like snuggler sip vodka thing for the holidays, which is just delicious. She's always using everything. We throw nothing away. That's great. No food waste is a big deal. So I love that. Sounds like your wife and I would get along very well. <laughs> I'm going to introduce the two of you. I think you guys would be best friends. Like, no kidding. You guys would be best friends. I love that. I could, I love, and my husband's name is yeah. Tyler. So there you go. More common. There you go. <laughs> common denominators. <laughs> Let's double date. That'd be good. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Last one. You were talking, uh, you guys were both talking about like the cleaning properties of lemons and limes. You've got a microwave cleaning tip that has to do with lemons, right? Yeah. So this one, my mom always did. I always saw her do it. I thought this is just the way you clean your microwave, but you just take a bowl of water. You put the lemon rinds, usually for my lemon water in the morning, I just add them in to the bowl. You put it in the microwave, turn it on 30 seconds, a minute, depending how high powered your microwave is. It steams, the citric acid gets alleviated. It smells like lemon. It's like a lemon grove in your microwave and you just wipe it down. It gets out mm -hmm. anything, melted cheese, spilled, you know, coffee. My son loves to over microwave his oatmeal. I'm like, just use the boiling water tap, honey. It's not that hard. And oatmeal is all stuck all over the place. Or my husband <laughs> loves to reheat like spaghetti and it's all over. And he's like, oh, you know, gosh, you know, God forbid they can actually do the lemon trick. It's very easy, but that is like my go-to. And I feel good doing it because it smells good. Citrus naturally releases dopamine in your brain, makes you feel happy. Um, and so if you can find a dopamine rush while you're cleaning, that's a win-win in my book. Our microwave with our teenagers looks like a crime scene. <laughs> a, a crime scene. Like, like, did this spill over or bubble over and then you just left it? There's like a lake of goo in the bottom of this. That I don't know if it's tomato sauce or cheese or both, but they just load us leave it. It's disgusting. I feel like every time I microwave butter, it gets everywhere. I don't know why I can't microwave butter correctly. Why are you microwaving butter? Um, because popcorn. popcorn is one. And then also I have this recipe that's terrible for you, but it's so delicious. And it's broccoli florets. And then it's a bunch of Velveeta cheese. And then you get Ritz crackers and melted butter and you crush it up in a bag. And then you put it over top, over top of it. And then you um, put it in the oven for 30 minutes. And it's the greatest thing you've ever eaten in your entire life. So every time I do that, though, I feel like I over microwave it and then it gets everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I need yeah. a hack for that. It's very specific, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of microwaving for three minutes, microwave it for a minute and a half. Yeah. That, There's your that, hack. That's, the, that's, that's your hack. That's don't. Yeah. Don't yeah. microwave it on high for three minutes. <laughs> that's the tip. All right. I learned something. That's new the every tip. Day. 
That's the tip. <laughs> if you guys out there want to learn about all this stuff and much more, please head on over to Nicole's website, which is www.nicolejacks.com. But you spell your last name kind of interestingly. You are are you French? I assume. My husband. Yeah. J J A Q U E S. No C. Very, very fancy. And then uh, same thing for Instagram and TikTok. It's it's Nicole Jacks. Correct. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on Two Dudes. This was so much fun. This was a blast. And I can't wait to meet Tyler's wife and <laughs> make all the concoctions. I'm about it. You guys will be best, best buds. I promise you. I love that. Let's yeah. teach your teenagers how to clean the microwave. You know, honestly, I've clearly spoiled my children. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so it, it would be torture for them if they had to clean the microwave out. It would be the worst thing on planet Earth if we made them clean out the <laughs> microwave oven. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. This was a blast. Great way to start my day. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. You guys have a good one. You too. See ya. Thanks, Nicole. Take care. That was an awesome, awesome interview with so much information. I was wondering, do you have any like DIY hacks, Tyler? You know, I, what I like about the internet, right? And, yeah. and because before the wealth of knowledge that people have just doing things and, and getting it right by experimenting at home, it's a difference between like cooking and recipes and what I like to call kitchen wisdom. So what we just heard was a half an hour of just really beautiful kitchen wisdom mm -hmm. by somebody who's just kind of leaning into that and kind of sharing that through social media. So people are going like, this is what I this seems so dumb. Like I literally, you know, forgot my grill racks or my oven, you know, whatever it is out in the lawn. And I picked them up and all of a sudden the dew and the grass kind of cleaned them. And I don't know why, but it works. And and I, I think all that stuff is just really, really special. And it, I, I think it connects a lot of people because they're like, oh, me too. Or I was just wondering about that. Or I'd heard about that. So, I mean, she's obviously an authority on all of it and she's really good at it. So that was fun, man. I like that. Yeah, it's very cool. If you guys have some DIY hacks, send it on over to our Instagram page. Coming up next week, we will be doing more questions. So if you have any questions for Tyler Florence, please DM us over there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. This one was awesome. I loved this one. Me too. We'll see you next time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.